and welcome to Church for the Cities podcast in Yuma, Arizona with lead pastor Tyrone P. Jones. Our mission is for people to encounter the reality and presence of God. For sermon videos and next steps, visit us at ctcfamily.com. Now join us for the message. Amen. I get the awesome opportunity to introduce our speaker for this morning. He is, he is not a, a guest of this house. He's very much family, but he does live in, in Texas. At Garden. He lives in Garden Valley, Texas. He has been uh, with Youth With A Mission, or a lot of people call it YWAM, for over 30 years. And for many of that time, he's been one of our CTC uh, missionaries. He also is the one that my dad goes and teaches alongside every single year for the past 20 years as he's gone down to teach at Youth With A Mission. It's right here alongside this man. They are uh, some of the best of friends. Uh, Jeff is one of the greatest Bible brains I know. We're so honored to have him as a part of our family. He's just such a key part, not only of CTC, but the Jones family. We're so thankful for him. And, and I will say this, and I, and I mentioned it in the first service, when, when my, my dad and V got married a couple years back, there was a pastors all over the globe who would have been willing to officiate and, and, and do that wedding. And uh, out of all the people in the globe, they chose Jeff Howie to do their ceremony, to officiate that. So we're in such, such a... We're in such a good opportunity this morning to hear from a a great voice, a voice that's family here, and a voice that that I firmly believe has a word for you from the Lord, has a word from you from the Lord. So if you don't mind, can you stand to your feet and give a CTC welcome to our good friend, Pastor Jeff Howie. Love you, sir. Thank you. I I said to the first service um, what Tyrone said about my being my marrying his father in Virginia was I think the greatest honor and privilege I've I've ever had in all my years so um, my text this morning if you could turn to Matthew 12 verse 46 to 50 says While he was speaking with the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to the one who was speaking to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Two Sundays ago, yeah, uh, Pastor Ty spoke about loneliness, about adoption, and about what it means to have God as our Father. And that got me thinking again what it means for us to be seen by Jesus as family with him. What does it mean for you and I to be brother and sister to Jesus? Now, the passage of Scripture I was just reading occurred in the early days of Jesus' ministry. The crowds of people, desperate people, are pressing, pushing, pleading to get his attention, just to get a moment with him, just to get a touch from him. And his enemies are equally desperate, but it's to try and trip him up, catch him out. This is 
This is how most of the days in Jesus' life were for him. Hebrews 12 verse 3 gives us a wonderful window into the scene here where it says, Consider him who endured much hostility from sinners against himself. That was Jesus' lot in life, receiving hostility from sinners, from the crowd. We have this expression today about ministry. We say, well, I was working ministry 24-7 today. It's such an exaggeration. No schedule, no being battered about by people that you or I have ever been through is a fraction of what Jesus was enduring here. Mark 3.25 says, when his family heard of this, they sent out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. That's what his own family thought of him. Our brother, our son is out of his mind. Jesus' mother is in a panic. She's full of worry and fear, thinking my son is just way overdoing it here. A body can only take so much and my boy is going to have a breakdown, maybe even kill himself with all this pressure and all this strain. See, his mother didn't really understand him. She loved him with that wonderful mother's love. She knew a little about the mystery of his being, that he'd been conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit. But you know, she never really knew what he was all about. At the wedding feast of Cana, which happened a few months before this incident, uh, she, um, she had tried to hurry him up into performing a, a miracle. But he replied something like, I just wish I could have heard him saying this. He would have said it with such tenderness and such respect, but also with such authority. He said, ma'am, what do I have? What does this have to do with you and me? My time hasn't come yet. See, Mary wanted to take care of him. Wanted him to take care of himself. That's just a mother's natural instinct. That's the way mothers are. Okay, so Jesus' family arrives at the scene there and someone says to him, look, your mother, your brother and sisters are outside asking for you. They're the most important people for you, Jesus, so you need to stop and come out and pay attention, listen to your mother and your family. But Jesus replies, who is my mother? And who is my brother? Then he points to this little band of brothers, this ragtag little motley crew of disciples and says, here are my mother and here are my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now those words weren't any sort of slam at the natural love that Mary had for him. No, it's just that those words show us that there's a closer affinity, a closer bond than that of natural family relationship. Jesus is spelling it out that those people who are closest family to him are those who share his spiritual, his heart priorities, his attitudes, his desires, and his motivations. Jesus is 
revealing to his mother, his natural brothers, the disciples, and all the crowd, the fact that the people who are involved with him in his spiritual vision, who are listening carefully to him, hanging on his every word, those that work alongside him, a closer family than even his mother Mary, the woman who was so highly honored as to give birth to the Son of God. Okay, so I want us to look at what is the nature of the family relationship that every one of us who are Jesus' disciples have with him. And then I want to look at the privileges that come with that. Okay, so what is the nature? What is the DNA of this family relationship that Jesus is talking about? What's it made up of? What's it based on? It's not all about his humanity. And it's neither is it about his spirituality, his divinity, if you like. I'm going to talk about the humanity side of this first. I'm going to have to be real careful with this one. But there's, over the last few years, there's been a, a lot of emphasis, a rediscovery almost of the truth that Jesus was a man, a person, a human being, just like us. All these books and blogs that are being written that want to tell us what Jesus was really like. What troubles me, though, is that I hear people talking about Jesus as though he was entirely and absolutely a human, just like they are. Or they are speaking about their humanity as though it was a replica of Jesus' humanity. Now, if we take a close look at the human Jesus, we'll see this infinite gap between him and us. In those things that should show his nearness to us, because we're both human, we find instead a great distance. Jesus and I have things in common, but what he does with those things is so different to what I do with those things. If you say to me though, well, but Jesus was tempted in all things as we are. Yes, he was, but his attitude while he was being tempted and his victory over that temptation shows us that he was way, way different than any other human being. Or you might say, well, hang on, Jesus lived by trust and by faith. Yes, he did. But the perfect way he walked that out is infinitely different from you and me, different to you and me. His trust never faltered, never wavered, but mine has been faltering and wavering all my life. If you examine his humanity, press into looking at it, focus in on it, you'll discover what a remarkable, intricate, powerful, tender job he did at being a human. And it'll shock you and you re you'll recoil from the, the very idea of comparing yourself as a human to Jesus as a human. And neither is our family relationship with him because we share some sort of spirituality. 
You know, some preachers say, and I don't know whether this is right or not, they say, well, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But somehow we are, there's a spiritual side to us. It might be all of us, whatever. But we are not one with him in our core spiritual life. Our spirit life is created. His is uncreated. His spirit life is the actual life of God. Can't be separated from God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I don't have much in common with that. Don't have anything in common. That's not my universe. It's not in my universe. It's not me. God made us in His image but he didn't make us to be another version of him. So Jesus' words, whoever does the will of the Father, he is my brother, my mother, my sister. They're so astonishing. He tells us what being family with him really means and really is. That I am brother to him. He calls me brother. Not because we both have skin and bones and body parts and I have a brain in my head and so do they. And, it's, and it's, it's not because I have a spirit. Yes, we are partakers of the divine nature, but that doesn't make me Jesus' brother either. What does guarantee us that we are his brothers is that we're doing the Father's will. Now, being counted as family to Jesus means doing the will of God. Being involved in his business as it presents itself to you in everyday life. Working the works of God and doing it the way he wants it done. Busying yourself in the Father's business. See, his mother had come to him to stop him from working the works of God. She thought it was going to be too much for him, but it wasn't, and it isn't too much for you either. Look Look at how Jesus lived. Look at his constant attitude. Read about any day of his life here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you'll see there what it means to do the will of God. Even think about him as a, as a young boy in the carpenter's shop. Not in some public place, but simply in a private corner with no audience there watching him. Then the day came when he was called away from all that and he went out to face the crowds, declaring to them the will of God, revealing the heart of God, his Father, in its tenderness, it's compassion. See, we, we, can learn what the, we can learn the will of God by seeing Jesus pour out his life in sacrificial service, seeking and saving the lost, giving and not counting the cost. Jesus says, whoever is doing that is family to him. Doing that is what makes you brother Sister, mother. 
What lies behind you or I doing the will of God? It's knowing what the will of God is. A person who does the will of God is the person who's taken the time to find out what the will of God is. We discover the will of God by spending time with Him, listening to Him, learning from Him, opening our hearts to receive from Him, and He opening His heart to us. God's will is discovered by persistently asking Him what His will is for us on a daily basis. He never gets tired of our asking, our going to Him every morning to ask what He has for us to do today. That's what Jesus' life here on earth was all about. Him saying things like, I do nothing of myself. What the Father gives me is what I speak. I do nothing of my own account. What the Father tells me to do, I do. Jesus did the will of God because he knew the will of God. He knew the will of God because he treasured his relationship with God. He waited for God, waited on God, inquired of God, and submitted to God. And he said that anyone who does that is family to me. Okay, but there's something though even more foundational that comes even before the knowing. We talked about the doing, about the working with Jesus, but at the back of the, behind the doing is the knowing. And the knowing is to do with our intelligence, our understanding, the things we've learned about God. But the supreme thing, the most vital thing that's foundational to those other two is my will, your will. Psalm 40 says, in the volume of the book, it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O God. Choosing to do God's will. Asking what his will is for us. What he, what he wants us to do that's the first thing. The next thing is to carry it out into everyday life. And this was the story of Jesus' life. The coming down from heaven, the becoming human, the working the works of God, and then the dying on the cross. It's all there, you see. Choosing the will of God. Knowing the will of God by being in close relationship to Him and then the will of God being carried out. Do you understand what I'm meaning here? Now, children might say something like, Daddy, uh, I really want to work with you, but will you first tell me what you're going to have me do and then I'll decide whether I want to do it or not. No, 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 that's not how it works in God's family, not how it works in God's house. Jesus tells us 
but the people who live on the principle of choosing the will of God no matter what it is and then inquiring into it, finding out all they can about it and then carrying it out into all the hassles and difficulties of everyday life. These people are his family. Whoever, whosoever does the will of the Father, does the will of the Father who is in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now those words of Jesus emphasize what we are to him rather than what he is to us. Remember the circumstances of the story. His natural mother and brothers are outside the house. She has come there, Mary has come there, because of her great love for her son. But she is outside the inner circle. She can't, she can't get as close as the disciples were. The inner, the inner circle is made up of people who share Jesus' vision and his passion and his mission. She didn't understand her son, but these disciples did. You know, that's so encouraging for me, considering how those men messed up, tripped up, kept making mistakes. But despite all of that, Jesus saw them as his family. He said later that they had been with him through all of his trials. He knew these men and knew that the choices they had made for discipleship far outweighed the blunders they had made and kept making along the way. This is God's attitude toward us, his people. He judges on us not so much on what we do, but why we do it, our motive and our passion. These people, people made so many, those disciples, I mean, they made so many mistakes. We'd say today they were just a bunch of amateurs. Jesus said, though, I know they aren't perfect. I know their failings, but I look into their hearts and I know that their deepest desire is to, to do the will of my God, my Father. They supply me with what my natural family doesn't. My natural family aren't in my inner circle, but these men are, and they give to me, they bring to me what is suggested by those simple and very familiar words of human relationship. Brother, sister, mother. The wonderful thing here, that verse doesn't say that if I do the will of God, Jesus will choose to be my brother. Yes, he will, but that's not what the text is saying. What the text says is what we are to Jesus rather than what he is to us. There he stood, tired, misunderstood, attacked, and he declared that those clumsy, weak disciples who had chosen to do the will of God, to know it, and to do it were by that very action, that very attitude, coming into such closeness to him, but they were to him, brother, 
sister, mother. And that surely, isn't it, the highest privilege we have of doing the will of God. Yeah, there's many privileges we get from doing the will of God. You becoming a better you, you becoming blessed, you becoming empowered, you becoming a, a mega church pastor or a famous missionary or a Christian writer or something. All the, those are all good things. They're all privileges. But the highest one surely is shown in Jesus' words when he's being misunderstood, maligned, needing help and encouragement. The highest and sweetest privilege of doing the will of God is that I can minister to the heart of Jesus and be to him brother, sister, mother. See, have you been struggling this week to do the will of God amidst so many difficult circumstances? Were you being tempted, making mistakes, feeling so inadequate? See, that's how most of my weeks are. But do we just still press toward the goal a little bit? Try and make up some more yardage. Was your passion to do the will of God despite your mess-ups? Then you were to Jesus, his brother, his sister, his mother. See, those words aren't theological terms like, he didn't say they'll be my paraclete or they'll be my presbyter or they'll be my archbishop. He used very practical words that everybody knows what they mean, brother, sister, mother. All sorts of images and memories come to mind when we hear those words. Those are heart words. They're not theological, abstract terms. We know what heart, brother, sister, mother means. Think of the word brother. See, what does a brother do for us? Proverbs 17, 7 says, a brother is born for adversity. When one brother is being picked on, the other brother rushes to, to help him. Apparently that verse in Hebrews, in Hebrew rather, reads, a brother is born for a tight place, a dark alley, if you like. See, is Jesus in a tight place? In the dark alley, here in America, here in Yuma, people forever attacking him, hurling abuse at him. See, it's today in any city in the world, it's just like it was in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. What the crowd are crying out is, we will not have this man to be ruler over us. See, that's the cry of the world. Will you be a brother standing up for him, helping to bear his burdens, helping him stand against his enemies? Will you be a shoulder he can lean on, a hand you can take? I'd like to be, and I will be, if I do the will of the Father, Jesus with my brother. But not just his brother, also his sister. Now, I'm more qualified to speak on this one. See, I never had a brother, but I have two sisters. And I know about the precious support 
that comes from a sister. My sisters still take up for me, look after me. I can confide in them. Check out the references to sisters in the Bible. They all seem to be just brimming, bubbling over with such tenderness. Read about Martha and Mary. Perhaps when Jesus said here, my sister, he was thinking about Mary. Now I know there have been many men, I know some personally actually, who in times of tragedy or times of shame felt they couldn't go to their father. They couldn't go to their mother or even their brother, but they felt they could. They went to their sister because they knew that their sister would understand. It was a time in Jesus' life when Judas was betraying him. Peter was about to deny him. But Mary went to him, rushed up to him, pushed through the crowd to get to him, and poured ointment over his feet. Now, theologians have been arguing, well, what, what's, what's going on there, you see? But it's not something you can figure out really theologically. It's a secret. It was a secret between a brother and a sister. Jesus knew what was going on. So did Mary. I wish I was in it. Whosoever shall do the will of my father will be to me a sister. Now that last word, mother. What does that word mean to us? What does mother mean to us? There's two things I think of. One is comfort. Isaiah says, as one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you, says the Lord. We can comfort the heart of our Lord. How do we do that? How do I comfort the heart of Jesus? By doing the will of the Father. Condition yourself to that. Condition yourself to doing the will of the Father and and devote yourself to it. Build your life around doing it. Now, the other word we associate well, I associate with mother is it's really a dirty word for us Christians today. The word suffer. Don't like that word. But mothers suffer for us. Suffer with us. Peter, Peter says, to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him but also to suffer for his sake. We can be to Jesus, brother, sister, mother. But notice he doesn't say father. That's something we can't do and dare not do. When Jesus was about 12 years old, his parents couldn't find him. And eventually when they did, they said, where have you been, son? We were very worried about you. And his reply was, didn't you know that I have to be about my father's business? See, God alone was Jesus' father. We can never be in that role. And he never saw anybody other than God in heaven as his father. People who do the will of God enter into the wonderful place, the secret place, 
of actually ministering to him. And that's what makes it so worthwhile to do as well. Yes, it's great to be doing God's will with our evangelism projects, helping other people and all these other great things that this church is doing. It's all great. They're all great. But again, think of Mary when she poured out the ointment on Jesus. Nobody else got any benefit. Jesus said, why wasn't this money given to the poor? Why? Because Mary wanted to bless Jesus directly. That's what devotion does. Devotion to Jesus. Will I be devoted like a brother, standing up for his other brother in a, in a tight place in a dark alley, giving him a giving him support, giving him a shoulder to lean on, or devoted like a sister who just looks after the secrets, or devoted like a mother who comforts and suffers. Brother, sister, mother. That's who we are to Jesus if we do the will of the Father. One last thing, this word, whosoever, to do the will of the earth, whosoever. There's great encouragement for me in that word. Jesus said, whosoever, to everybody that was in earshot there. But it was a promise, in fact, it was a proclamation to all people everywhere and forever. A famous English preacher said, as he was preaching from this chapter, he pointed to the word whosoever. And he, and he said, and I'll quote what he said, he said, if my name had been written there, I would have thought that some other man had borne my name and that it didn't mean me. But whosoever includes me and includes you, we're all in on a whosoever. See? Now, that's my appeal to you all today. Let's do the will of God. And in doing God's will, we will be to Jesus, brother, sister, mother. I'm going to close in prayer. Father God, I want to do your will. I want, I, I pledge my heart that I want, I will delight to do your will, oh God. And secondly, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your will, oh God. And, I'm, and as I'm getting to know your will, I'm going to be carrying out and doing your will. And Father God, because of those things, I know that is going to qualify me as brother to your son, Jesus. That's what gets me into your family. I want to be doing your will and I want to be a support, an encouragement, a wall that my brother Jesus can lean on, a shoulder he can lean on. I want, he, uh, I want to have a heart that sympathizes with him. I want Jesus to be able to, um, I want to be able to hold Jesus' secrets, the things he whispers to me, I want those to lodge in my heart.
Oh, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, to be your brother, to be your sister, to be your mother. The requirement for me is to do the will of the Father. And I, Father, I want to delight to do your will. Oh, to be in the family of God. I come into the family of God by doing your will, Father God. Jesus, my brother. Jesus, my brother. I want to minister to you. I want to be everything that a brother should be to you. One thing to be a servant or to be a PA or to be an assistant or to be a pastor or a preacher or an apostle or anything else. But Lord, how the most wonderful thing is that, we can, is that I can be to you, brother, sister, mother. Oh, Lord God, all I want is to be in your family, in your house, at your table, drawing close to your heartbeat. In Jesus' name, amen.